It's another victory Monday, and no, Toroto is not involved. Let's get into it. Blau und Weiß sein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute. Willkommen zum einzigen Schalker Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalker Podcast. This is episode 136 of Schalke America. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me as always, the co-host, Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing on this Victory Monday? Excellent. And for that exact reason, yeah. Uh, several in a row now, which we which we like to see. Um, so starved for it, uh, you know, in recent <laughs> seasons. So it's, I mean, it doesn't really matter how they come or how, how late we leave it. Um, just nice to get the, uh, the three points. So I'm feeling well, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, it was, uh, a, a crazy game, which we'll get into obviously, but it's nice to start the weekend off right with three points. And uh, it, made, it certainly made the rest of the weekend feel better, uh, with that, with that win. But, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't be happier. I mean, it's a third victory in Monday, third victory Monday in a row, Four out of five now. Uh, we're on a winning streak officially. We definitely are. And I think dating back to the Regensburg match where we conceded four goals and we're kind of in the midst of a shaky start at the back. I want to say in like the six games since then, something like, well, like three goals conceded, three clean sheets in that time. Yeah. One of those goals came when we were, you know, a man down after that Paulson red card. Um, I think it gets Karlsruhe. So, um, yeah, definitely have improved at the back and have found a way to get, you know, consistent production um, up top. And that's uh, not too complicated. It's a pretty good uh, combination there. It's a winning combination. It's working for us of late. Yeah. Ball to Roto, goal, right? Uh, I see Joseph's except, in the house. Except, except in this one, surprisingly, except as you said at the top of the podcast. Yeah. Except in this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because we had early on this season talked about how, yeah, while we're scoring all these goals, We don't feel confident defensively yet. But as you mentioned, lately we've been pretty good. I think the emergence of Itakura as one of the leaders defensively, along mm -hmm. with, you know, Kamensky and Tiao and whoever's playing central defensive midfielder has helped a lot. And I think, you know, as much as people were criticizing Gramotzis at the beginning of the season, you should start giving a little bit of plaudits for finding ways to tighten it up defensively. Now, if he can figure out to be a, if he can find a way to make the team creative geniuses, Even then, we can we can applaud him even more. But baby steps, right? No, I agree. I mean, I think Itakura was it was a big signing, and now that he's settled in, it certainly seems that we have um, you know a pretty solid back three in Kaminsky, Chow, and 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 uh, Itakura. And uh, you know, I mean, it's possible that some of those defensive liabilities at the beginning of the season that seem to have shored up to some extent recently, you know, could also just be down to the fact that once again we had a significant overhaul to the squad, a lot of new people in. Um, you know, learning to play with each other for the first time. So some of that could just be natural evolution as well as we kind of settle into things and learn the system and learn what Kermatsis is looking for and learn how each other plays and they're able to cover some of those things. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take it uh, regardless of why it's happening. I'll, I mean, I'll take it any way it comes. Yeah, so let's let's get into this because I look at the lineups in this one. Um, so first for the host, which is Hanover, uh, in gold, Zeeler, they went with the back four of Dem, Franke, Borno, and Kranich, uh, midfield three of Ernst, uh, Tribul, and Kirk, and then up top, they had Bayer, Hinterzer, and Mina. Um, any comments about the Hanover lineup? <laughs> 
Well, uh, I mean, like Hitzerseer is a, a guy that we would recognize um, yeah. from the Bundesliga a number of seasons. It was with Ingolstadt at the time. Yeah, when I they were so. up, um, so. you know, had some good seasons afterwards in the second division. Uh, at times with uh, Balkum, I think a couple of years where he scored some nice, you know, goal returns. Um, I don't, was he injured last year with with, with Hamburg because he, he like barely played? I don't know what was going on with that, but and I, I now he's moved he was, to Hanover, yeah. but. Um, yeah, but I mean, a name we're familiar with, um, and, uh, and then, you know, Ron Arbor Zeller as well, who, uh, you maybe not held as, you know, quite the high regard that he once was it's at, at certain points in his career. I mean, when there was that sort of more, um, emerging kind of group behind Manuel Neuer, when you had like Ter Stegen and Zeller and Bernd Leno coming through, um, you know, sort of like the German national team depth chart, if you will. Um, but you know, still, still, a a solid goalkeeper. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, so those are really, I mean, once again, it, with a lot of these guys, we're not super familiar um, w- with some of them. Uh, I think, I think I want to say like Kirk is maybe their leading goal scorer coming into this. Um, this is a Hanover team. That's, that's, that's really struggled uh, to find the back of the net. I think, what was it like? Two at this point. So, um, you know, not a ton of danger from them early on and not anyone in particular to be overly concerned about based on uh, their early performances. No, but as a team that's a former Bundesliga club that we are all familiar with, uh, you always have to keep in the back of your mind that they can have the potential to turn it on at any time. Uh, though we didn't see it in this game, uh, it, you always have it in the back of your mind. For a long time, they were managed by former Schalke manager Mikro Slomka, whom I love personally. Uh, and so, you know, we've we've, no, we've known about Hanover for the longest time. We've got Salif Sané from Hanover, right? Um, so looking into our lineup here, uh in goal, obviously, Frazzle has been, been the main guy in goal. There was a flash when the game started, and I looked at Frazzle from a, from a distance. I was like, wait, is Fairman in goal? But no, no, just my imagination. Uh, Frazzle was certainly in goal. Back three, as we mentioned, Kaminsky, Itakura, and Tiao. Paulson back into the midfield, into the lineup. Uh, you had Aiden, Olian, Salazar, and Drexler in the middle with Boulter and Toroto up top. Um I guess the big news in this one for me, Paulson back into the lineup. Um, your thoughts on 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 him being back into the lineup, and then overall the uh, search, who ends him anybody else in the lineup? I guess. Interesting that uh, Google or wherever this this particular match graphic is from decides that Oyan is a central midfielder. Uh, yeah, as, yeah, that's yeah. that's nice. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> threw no, me Paulson, off for real. Like, wait, what? Yeah, I was, I'm like, I was looking at this, like, what? Uh, Paulson. Um, yeah, that's the. I mean, this is a pretty stable lineup from what we've seen recently. Um, yeah, it certainly does look like like Drexler and Zalazar are probably the two first choice guys. Um, uh, centrally, uh, it was just kind of a question of what's going to happen behind that, and so Paulson back in. Uh, but yeah, Iden gets another run at, uh, at at right back. Unfortunately, that got cut short, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But uh, we did like to see that. At least I did. Obviously, based on his recent form, it's kind of hard to take him out. Uh, he's been he's been he's been brilliant. Um, and then you know the the the, the duo of Bolter and Toronto up top as uh, as usual. Yeah, uh, and so you know it's funny because like uh, this game was another Friday game. These Friday games have been very difficult for both you and I. Uh, we're trying to get our live streams going, but we both are very busy during a week during a weekday, and so it's it's impossible for us to do a live stream. We are employed, we, after all. So we are yeah, employed. These, uh, yeah, Not by Shaka, but by different employers. Yeah, um, these yeah these Friday games are, uh, and we have we have more coming up. It's been a little bit unfortunate, but what are you gonna yeah. do? What are you gonna do? But. Uh, I, did, I was able to catch a majority of the game. Um, Iden's injury. Let's let's get into that right away. Um, 
walk us through and specifically me what exactly you saw and and then what your thoughts i guess ultimately after his uh coming off of the game yes yeah, so it looked like a quad injury um and i actually i actually haven't followed up to see what did you hear what came like what the news was afterwards i haven't like actually seen any diagnosis i'll have to check and see if that came out and i missed it but um yeah it appeared to be like a quad more than like pulling a hammy which i feel like is maybe a good thing um because i just feel like i mean not I, yeah this is clearly where i'm just going to be speculating as a non-medical professional but um you always you mean you always hate to see someone just like absolutely pull a hamstring when they're like you know flat out run or something along that and, and it, he was able to continue for a bit um, so despite getting initial intention, he tried to play on and was still moving relatively well at times. Like he wasn't just walking around the pitch after he had initially gone down. So it didn't seem like it was immediately, um, you know, the kind of thing that's necessarily going to keep him out for an extended period of time, hopefully. And once again, this, uh, maybe a diagnosis has come out since and I haven't you know, really seen what's exactly going on and how long he's expected to be missing. But um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was it was sad because he had had a really good start too, and actually there was a moment early in the game where he had received the ball in space, kind of in transition, and fired a ball across uh, across the box, and it hit went off the far post, um, and then bounced back across. Very unlucky to not ricochet in. Brilliant strike, really well placed, um, and almost an early goal for him and, and and for us. And then you know he wasn't long for the pitch after that, which was disappointing to see because it had been another bright start from him in my opinion, and showing what he had been showing for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we're hoping to see a kind of uh, uh, another or another step forward after that brilliant goal we saw you know the other, last week with the Karate Kid. There, um, <laughs> it's it's interesting because his substitution that came on was Ronful. We've talked about it in recent weeks about who our preference would be on the right side, Sherlinoff, even Timo Becker. But it was Ronful getting this getting the the substitution. This one for whatever reason. Um, he did okay, I think, in his substitution. But obviously, we wanted to see Aidan and see if he, how he, he could improve uh, going after that you know, the great game he had last week. And he started off bright, as you said. Uh, but he came off. Uh, so hopefully the injury isn't too bad. I did hear some rumors that um, many of the Schalke fans were worried about the injury in general. I don't know the extent of, of what, what, how long he's going to be out or anything like that. But uh, there were some people that were worried. Um, and it's, it seems that... It, Injury scares are starting to come up. We heard about Tarot a couple weeks ago before the uh, the international break. So um, there's always that worry, and where we always feel like we're one injury away from something catastrophic happening, right? That's just our word in the back of our head, yeah. based off history, recent history. So um, yeah, and once again, just just because he had he had continued playing for a bit doesn't necessarily mean that it's something that could keep him out for a while. It's I mean, right. it certainly could. It just you know, oftentimes if you see something where the person goes down and like they're in significant pain and they don't get up, and it's very clear that there's like you know some immediacy to the situation. Uh, this seemed to be a little bit more touch and go at the time, which ho- makes you optimistic that potentially it might not be as long term. But yeah, we'll have to see. Hopefully that's the case. I'm trying to turn my mic back on. Um, so get into the gameplay. Uh, you know. You look at the statistics, I mean, it was one-way street, it felt like, right? Not many opportunities going for uh, for Hanover. It didn't even seem like they were playing. I don't think they had any shots in the first half. Uh, but th- they did have one opportunity uh, where a-, a cross came into the box. Uh, I forget who the forward is, number 17. Hits it off his chest, goes for a bicycle. Malik Tiao is right there. It wasn't really a shot. Frazzle didn't scare him at all. Um, and play continued on, but... There was a moment there where I thought they had a great opportunity to go. Luckily, the pass wasn't that great, and, and he had to try to control with his chest. Had it been a better pass, it could have been a one-timer, and who knows what would happen, right? Was he offside on that play, too? Because I feel he like was. he may have been. Or was cl- yeah, it was close. He so, was. I mean, 
Um, it, yeah, it was pretty funny. I don't think there was any significant contact. I don't really think that like Tiao like actually hit him with his cleat or anything, but he was rolling either. around on the ground trying to draw the penalty after that as if he had been, you know, like maybe embarrassed. Armed, or, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we talked, I mean, not exactly the same situation, but we've talked a little bit in the past about one of the more dangerous things that our opponents have been doing that, that seems to cause us problems are some of these deep balls that go back post in the box from wide areas. Um, for some reason, we've had trouble tracking those and tracking those back post runners or like in those positions. And once again, not exactly the same situation here, but another one where it's kind of lofted over and there, there, somebody finds space in behind in kind of a dangerous area uh, off the backside. So yeah, lucky to escape that one. Obviously it would have been, you know, a pretty incredible goal. If he had finished it, yeah. you, it'd be difficult despite him being, you know, a little bit, it would be back. difficult. Yeah. yeah, it'd be difficult to be like, "Wow, what a bad defensive play!" Because it would have required a pretty ridiculous finish. But yeah, um, yeah, still, you know, I raised an eyebrow early on. And you know, you could say, you know, had yes, he was offsides, but you know, maybe Malik Tiao could have done better on that. But he made up for it just a few minutes later, in like the thirty-first minute or whatever. He comes down the offensive end, a pass like you mentioned, over everybody on the back post. Tiao was there. His shot just misses wide, but you love to see Tiao get up on the action. Uh, we often, and maybe too often, talk about comparisons between him and, and Joel Matip, right? Because Matip would always do that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's nice to see Tiao get in on the play. Much like McKinney we talked about in the past, you need to be more accurate, right? It's good to get your shots off and get, get in on the ball, but you need to have that ball go on target instead of missing wide or just over the bar. Um, but you, you got to like what you see from Tiao, at least, Pushing up on the play, huh? Yeah, you know, and especially, um, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's not that you don't want, you know, players to try to place shots into corners or anything like that, but especially when you have strikers, at least one such as Torado, who's just going to be sitting in the box, you know, he's going to have likely pretty good body position on his defender and his, you know, his, his, the positions he takes up are so intelligent that you almost would kind of rather them just kind of shoot it hard at, the center of the goal and hope there's a deflection that can be cleaned up rather than, you know, maybe trying to, you know, place it exactly into the corner and, and missing wide and actually not troubling goal at all. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I think it actually says quite a bit about how dominant we were in this game and, and potentially how, how much confidence the team has at this moment that you have a center back that um, in those situations, isn't automatically trying to cycle the ball. But every once in a while I was like, all right, I can actually beat a player here, takes him on the dribble and get a shot off. And I feel like if we were, um, you know, it, had less possession in this game or had been a little bit less confident recently that like he wouldn't be that far advanced. He wouldn't be taking those opportunities for himself necessarily. Um, and uh, I mean, I think in that situation, I wasn't like, it's not always like a good thing that it happens, but I think the times that we've been excited recently are when he actually like takes somebody on the dribble and breaks a line of defense, which opens some things up for his teammates. Uh, that certainly he's certainly been popping up in some of those areas a little bit uh, with more frequency recently, which yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not against and, you know, showed some nice ball skills as well, which was, uh, which was fun to see. It's always nice to see. It's nice to see when you have a um, a striker, or excuse me, a center back that likes to push up on the play and, and you know take those opportunities. Right, we've seen Nala doing the pass and some other defenders. We arguably have three guys, all three center backs that can do that. Itakura can do it. We've seen him do it. Uh, obviously, Emilik Tiao and Kaminsky can do it as well. Kaminsky likes to do the passing, long range passing more, but he'll get into the box as well. He'll make his runs as well. So we do have the flexibility, and and luckily the. The, the connection is there with the midfield that when one of them do go on the run, someone is backing up and, and helping them out. Obviously, Ovian and Iden or whomever's on the right side is going to read that, but you've been reading also the uh, either it's Paulson recently or Drexler or whomever's in that sixth position is going to do the same thing too. So at least there's that understanding between when the center backs are going to make that run, someone's going to cover for them because otherwise big mistakes are going to happen. 
But I was going to say, all that aside, wasn't much action offensively. We dominated almost everything statistically. I think halftime, the shots were like 12 nothing in our favor. Um, at that point, I know I was frustrated because you're dominating the team so much, yet it's 0-0. Zero, zero. All it takes is one shot for them, and this game is on its end. Um, though I was happy with how we were playing defensively, the possession, the amount of shots, the quality wasn't quite there in the last third. What were your thoughts in the first half? Yeah, a lot of volume uh, in, in shots, but not quite as many clear-cut opportunities as you would have liked. Certainly some for, some poor finishing at times, I should say. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think some of those numbers were a touch misleading in terms of how dangerous we actually were. And I think it was more just a function um, of how much we were dominating the game from like a possession standpoint. And like, you know, our, our ability to get into the final third was, I think, different than our ability to uh, create uh, really strong opportunities in the final third. No, it certainly was. And you wanted to see, want to know when that when that goal was going to come. Uh, hopefully for us, right? Uh, we would continue on in the second half, um, pressing on, and we were we looked good. I mean, defensively, we weren't giving up anything. Uh, again, a strong performance by the three in the back, plus you know the wing backs. Um, we tried to keep trying to make opportunities. For the most part, Toroto was silenced. So he really didn't get the, the service that he needed. Um, and, you know, credit to Hanover, I guess, for trying to crowd him out and forcing Schalke to do something else other than feed Toroto. Even though it seems at times when he's covered by two guys, it doesn't matter, right? He'll get, he'll find a way. Uh, he nearly found a way in the, I think it was a 66 minutes or something. Uh, Ovion on the left-hand side crosses it in, and we saw this earlier in the season where Toroto does a diving header, and he got it in in the last game. This game, just missed it wide, but that was the first glimpse, really, you saw of Toroto all game long. Uh, he was trying to more play playmaker because – the service wasn't getting to him. So I know it hadn't been a frustrating game for him. I know all of us are looking at him to get that record-breaking goal. Maybe too many eyes were on him trying to get that, and, and Shaka was too focused on that as opposed to trying to get quality opportunities in the, in the final third. What were your thoughts on Toroda being fairly quiet and and, over, and all that? Yeah, but I mean, I think both the guys up front were a little bit more quiet than we would have liked. Um, and once again, it, this comes down to, yeah, it, it wasn't, you know, a lot of clear-cut opportunities falling to to the guys you'd want to is more, you know, more speculative shots at times. Um, but I mean, for me, that for me, the takeaway here is though, it's just it's just the fact that Oweyan can consistently get into those positions and play dangerous balls and put them on people. It's nothing new. He's been doing it all season. I think there's definitely an argument made he was the player of the match in this one. And I think most of our recent games, if he's not the player of the match, he's he's top three for sure. And that's been the case for most of the season. I mean, he's been phenomenal. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, regardless of how, regardless of how we're playing, even in games where we've played poorly, there's still probably two or three times a match where he gets a nice ball in or does something that creates, you know, at least a half chance for one of his teammates. Um, and, you know, that's only more of a thing in a game like this where we're, we're in the final third a little bit more and able to, uh, you know, get into those areas. So yeah, that was, uh, yeah, nice to see from him. Um, and, and that's even especially more important when, when Iden goes down because he's been creating a lot from his side. Uh, and, you know, that early injury, Oyama was able to step up to the plate and, uh, you know, have a really nice game here. Joseph mentioned in the chat that uh, Zeeler, you, you, you gave him plaudits at the beginning of this, how uh, he came out, he came up big on the few times that he had to. Uh, you know, he had a, a one great save. I forget who was on point blank against, oh, I don't remember who it was now, but he had a great point blank save on somebody uh, in the game. And I thought he, I thought he was going to go out injured for for a minute, but he he wasn't. He was down for for a while. I thought, and I for, I for sure thought another goal was coming in, but uh, actually there was a goal that came in. Right, there was a goal substitution. Um, yes, there was. Martin there Hansen was. Came in, right? 
yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and he he came in. He did he did his job. I mean, the goal that was scored wasn't his fault. Um, but uh, let, let, let's talk about the goal. So we weren't sure when a goal was going to be scored. I was getting more and more worried. I thought we were we were chatting during the game. You know, had Shaka. We both felt that you know had Shaka not come away with a win, it would have been a travesty considering the statistic disadvantage it was. Uh, we were so dominant in this game. And we, look, granted. Come into this three-game stretch we just had, ending with Hanover. We said if we got seven points, that's what we needed to have. Now, if we ended the game in a draw, we would have had that seven points, and we would have been pretty upset, I think, because the way we played in this game in terms of yeah. statistics, you know, luckily, we ended up getting the goal. Uh, it was a play out in the right first. I think it was a throw-in by uh, Ovian. Uh, Hanover clears it. He gets the, it gets to him. Back to Drexler. Drexler crosses it in. Uh, Paulson, the guy who just made a return to the lineup, Ever so slightly head, heads it towards the box or further into the box. Kamensky with some kind of karate kick move of his own to hold the ball and then scores the goal. Uh, what more can you say about the goal? Great way to end it in almost the 96th minute. It was 95th, uh, but uh, leaving it late. Yeah, seriously. Uh, super important, as you said. I mean, we've done a really good job stringing a few results together recently. Um, which is, you know, it has so often it's been the stop start thing when we have been able to get a result and we can't build on it at all. Um, and and we've, we've put a couple nice results together. We've pulled ourselves up into the table. And then, you know, in a match like this against a team that's kind of, you know, struggled to start the season, hasn't been dangerous. Um, and in the game where we've dominated this much and, and you know, forced a couple big saves from, you know, Zeeler, as you said, uh, you know, to have left there with a draw, you, you, you might worry that you look back at the end of the season and be like, I hope that's not a result that we like seriously regret because it was there for the taking. It was an opponent that, you know, we had an advantage on and out and clearly outplayed in this match. Yeah. Um, so thank God we were able to steal it at the end. And it was, it was great. I think on Twitter, I called it a redemptive winner from uh, Kaminsky. Not that it's his job generally to uh, score the goals, mm-hmm. put us over the top, but had had, you know, an opportunity had fallen to him earlier in the game where he had about half a net to shoot at for basically what was a tap in. And he unfortunately like hit it side foot across goal directly to the keeper. Um, and had missed what was clearly like a goal scoring opportunity. So it was really uh, awesome to see that another chance happened to fall to him late. And this time he actually did uh, really well on what was actually like a more difficult opportunity to finish at the time. So go ahead. That, that's right. That was Kaminsky who has point blank on the keeper that yeah. Zeal made a great save on. So that's right. That's right. Um, yeah. And Forrester, uh, Paul Forrester kind of made the point that you were making earlier about Ovion. He's always finding ways to get, you know, plays into the box and, 34 crosses so far this season from open play. That's pretty good. That's what we want. We were looking for that in the left back, right? Now, if Iden can get that, the starting timing, we've seen what he's done in the small sample that he can do that kind of stuff. We have two quality guys in the wings there that can feed the, you know, the two monsters we have up top, right? Uh, the angry tree and, and Taroda. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely adore Oyan's game. I love watching him yeah. play. He, yeah. He's legitimately fun to watch. He does a lot of good things, not just in, I mean, not just on the ball, does great things off the ball, behind the ball um, as well. He, he's uh, the signing of the season, arguably next to obviously Toronto, of course, which is so important. Um, yeah. But I, I think, yeah, you can't understate how important Oyan's been to the side. Um, but, you know, back to the goal for a second, just uh, pretty unfortunate defending from Hanover's perspective as well, because it's not like Kaminsky made some really sort of clever run. He no. didn't really move around a whole lot at all. And there was just miscommunication. And, you know, one of the defenders who I think was supposed to have that responsibility uh, stayed up and uh, was trying to get 
the header that Paulson went for, but like didn't even wasn't even putting a body on on Paulson either. And Kaminsky ultimately was just kind of in this pocket of space with no one close enough to him, and that's what allowed him the time to even though he had to make that sort of weird initial touch to control the ball before he was able to turn and fire. Um, he had so much space at the time the ball came to him that they weren't able to close him down before that because you know he, it's not like he got the shot off right away when it came in. There was there was a moment there where he had to kind of readjust his feet, and it was still kind of a difficult uh, shot. So yeah, I mean, unfortunate from Hanover's perspective to hang in there for as long as they did only to, you know, lose off of like a throw in in the 96 minute on kind of this weird play. So, but um, yeah, like I said, you know, we'll take it um, after how we've played. I'm, you know, rarely going to apologize for anything. <laughs> uh, it doesn't, year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if it wasn't, you know, like, you know, the, the most brilliant piece of buildup or something like, you know, I'm going to take yeah. it however we can get it Uh big, big result. Um, and once again, as you said, another clean sheet. Uh, so not not the offensive performance in terms of the actual goal production, but, you know, happening for us on both ends of the pitch right now. Um, and uh, yeah, just really great to see. And I think, you know, it, the thing I liked about it as well is the team celebrated as if that was like, you know, the knockout round of a cup. Yeah. Th- that they did not celebrate that as if that was just sort of like, you know, a regular season game against Hanover. And also like, you know, Gramatis was was very, very animated and at times when we've scored he's been the more reserved one while like Buskins and Osmo you know people are like freaking out and Schroeder um, yeah and Schroeder <laughs> but like yeah Schroeder and Gramatz is embraced after this one like there seemed to be like a legitimate team spirit and excitement about those results and uh I mean yeah I mean it's a winner so it's exciting of course but like to see them like that enthused about finding a way to grind that one out I think speaks volumes about where they are from a mentality standpoint right now and that that really gives you the belief that at least there is the hunger there potentially to get some of these results because they know that they're going to, you know, be adding up over the course of the season. They, you know, the goal in mind, of course, is promotion. And, um, you know, because of the result between uh, Regensburg and, and Carlsruhe, right? Uh, they drew. Um, we jumped Carlsruhe. We're tied on points with Regensburg now. So we're in third, but we're tied level on points with second. Yeah. Um, you know, this is where we're we momentarily tied for first. And yeah. it's as almost a perfect segue that, are we becoming a team now? We see now after some of these great results, some of these late winner, this late winner last game, the team is really coming together now. Uh, we're we're fighting for each other. We're celebrating together. Um, it's starting to look like a team, right? We're not there yet, and we've talked about this at nauseum this this season. Is that like, yeah, we're not where we want to be, but I'd rather be trending upwards and not playing well yet. And then as we get better, we're at the top. We're in third at the moment, tied for second, if you want, with Regensburg, who, oh, by the way, have drawn four of the last five after their hot start. So they're starting to tail off now. St. Pauli and Berksall are second in the league in goal scoring. So they're, they're, they're they seem like they're legit this year, but uh, we're in third. It's, it's a good place to be when you're not 100% just yet. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I think we, we've said all along that we've we've liked what Schroeder's done um, from a personnel standpoint. So that's been one component. We, I mean, I do think I like our squad at this at this point. Um, uh, you know, we'll see if we start having injury trouble. How long that feeling lasts for? If we have the depth to cover it. Although, I, I mean, I do think we're in a relatively good spot in in several positions at least. Um, yeah, and it's just kind of been a question of whether or not uh, Gramatis is the guy to to really give the players, you know, the structure and the ideas they need um, to, to take it over the top. Uh, but I do think the talent's there. And, um, you know, I mean, one thing I will say, we've talked a lot about the inability to build centrally. I mean, I, I think especially in this game and also in the game before, you've seen like kind of a new action that you hadn't been seeing as much early in the season where, um, you know, one of the central midfielders, one of those two kind of central midfielders in front of Paulson over playing the six will like kind of drop deep and then a striker will drop really quickly 
a center back will play that ball in. And as that ball is being played to the dropping striker, one of those central midfielders will then run in behind and there's like a flick play behind. We did that a lot in this game. And that's not, I mean, like there's only so many times you can, you can do that before that they're there, they're covering it. But like, that's kind of like a newer idea and a new action centrally that's helping, you know, build up and, and, and bypass some things. Like that's a mild improvement that you're seeing. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, so yeah, there's a lot to be excited about right now. And we, yeah, once again, for me, just to see the way they responded, um, to, uh, to that late winner, um, was, was nice. And, and, you know, once again, the emotion between Gramatis and, and Schroeder, which there's been, you know, things said in the media at times and, and yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, certainly beginning to come together, uh, with stringing some results together finally, as I said, not stopping and starting, we'll see how long we can keep it going, but, um, yeah, trending in the right direction already, as you said, in a good spot in the table, which, you know, if you're not hundred percent satisfied with, with the quality of your play and you're still kind of in the top five, like that's probably, exactly. yeah, as you said, it's a good, good place to be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause if, 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 and when we get to where we want to be and we're, we're at the top of the table, we can start pulling away from teams and really get comfortable, comfortable for a fight the Liga, right? It's, it's hard to say, but you know, a couple of guys are in the chat are talking about the, the Nord curve. They were 10,000 strong at the game, which is awesome. Always helps when you're on the road. Uh, it's great to have the fan base there, but the team, I think, We'll see how the season pans out, but you know that turning point could have been gone either way when Gramozis went from Fairman to Frazel. Much was said, but mostly it was about the chemistry because you're taking one of the favorites in the locker room, club legend, take him out and bring in somebody else. And a lot of guys were felt like they were spiting Gramozis, and we saw that in the initial game after when they scored some goals and they celebrated, you know, Fairman and right in front of Gramozis. Yeah, Bolter yeah, running back to the Bolter, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could have gone either way, right? The team could have imploded and fought against it like we saw last year with, with Gross or the way they're doing it right now where they're all together, coming together, and even now celebrating with Gramozis. You know, if he can figure – he's obviously figuring it out. He started figuring out a, a certain 11, which we see now a pretty consistent certain 11 when mm-hmm. those guys are healthy. We're starting to see now the defensive end, three clean sheets in a row. The three center backs are on the same page. We got maybe now some wingers now, consistent wingers with Aiden and Ovian. So now the final final aspect of this whole thing is the final third, right? We've got two-thirds of the pitch seems to be going. If we can get that final third going, um, we will be, I think, where we need to be. I'm still – you were talking about the depth. I like our depth all the way around, minus striker. I think, you know, yeah. both or Toro to go down, who you turn to, Trilinov. You know, so we need to bring in somebody in the in January as a backup just in case. But overall, I like the direction we're heading. And if you, like you said, they can add these, some of these nuances in the game to kind of like throw the other team off. And with the pressing that they do, we could become something really good. Uh, we're not there yet, but we're we're getting there. I think second best defensive record in the league, eleven goals against. Only uh, St. Pauli is better than us. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the general structure is there. It's in place. Um, you know, y- you understand for the most part when you're watching what we're what we're trying to accomplish, and, and you know what the shape is, and those sorts of things. And uh, I mean, you would think that would kind of be like you know the lowest minimum bar, but there's been times where that's been pretty incomprehensible and indecipherable when we've been watching Schalke games over the past uh, couple of years. So um, yeah, a- a- an actual squad that you know is, is performing well at the moment with with good personnel and and. Um, you know, the, yeah, the chemistry settled. And as you said, early in the season, there was, there was a lot of like, you know, who's our right back, right? Like who is our, who are our central midfielders? You know, what's, what's the back line kind of a thing. And uh, we have our three center backs pretty, pretty well locked up until Sané comes back, you know, if, if he's ever healthy and is playing for us this season. And then what happens? Um, That's a good question. 
Yeah, but I mean, like in the meantime, I think we feel very confident, and yes. we have that you know those same guys coming in, you know, week in week out. Uh, I mean, the the, the DF people Cal match against eight uh, sixty Munich will be interesting to see if there is a rotation in that game, yeah. um, and, and who he gives time to. Uh, but yeah, outside of like maybe the questions of like who's our backup right back, um, I mean, yeah, it, we we know who the top two are. We know that Owen's playing left. Drexler and Zalazar are pretty much. Yeah. I mean, once again, Donnie Lotz coming back. That'll be another, you know, interesting thing in the mix. But like, yeah, it, it's be, it's become a very consistent lineup in the past three, four weeks. Like we kind of know who to expect that we're going to see. Um, and uh, you can't really argue with it because you generally like what you're getting from most of those guys most of the time, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, I imagine you would see Perringer in the eighteen sixty match and also a lot more of um, Mikhailov, maybe Trelinov as well. Uh, but I'm curious to see what that lineup's going to look like and who who's in goal. You know, we'll see because we three games in 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 six days, I think, in, in during that stretch. But uh, yeah, it was certainly a good game. Team is starting to come together, uh, becoming more of a team, if you will. And we're we're towards the top of the table. Only one team has more points than us at the at the moment. Um, look, just look at the shots in this game. Was just, I mean, it's a sh- it's a shame we only won one nothing. I think some of the chat said we could have won three four nothing based on the statistics. But look, you know, shots two to twenty four in our favor. Uh, shots on target, six nothing in our favor. Uh, we had more possession. We had we've had less fouls, more corners. Um, we just dominated every statistic basically, and unfortunately we had one goal. But luckily it was a goal, uh, and we got the win. So much needed three points. Uh, we finished yeah, abso- absolutely deserved result, regardless of how yes. late and the yes. fact that it was a center back. You can't you can't argue with that. You know, being what it should have been. Um, yeah, for sure. And the but the one thing I will say though is like you know some of the praise we saw for Fresel after the game like he didn't have to make a save no so yeah i mean like fairman was facing i think a significantly larger number of shots in his five games that he started as opposed to what we've seen from frizzle so like yeah uh, obviously there's been clean sheets but he also hasn't i mean he's made a couple big saves at times but like you know this game was certainly not one that he was tested that much so uh for me jury's still a little bit out on terms of how much of a uh upgrade that was personally let me play devil's advocate yeah. Do you think the defense has gotten better because Gramozis and the management have figured out a way defensively to clean it up? Or has the defense got better because they got Frazzle and goal and they're not so sure how good he is? As Fairman, you can just rely on him so you can relax a little bit, let him make the big save. Whereas Frazzle, you're not so sure. And so you tighten up and make sure you're hitting all the marks. Which do you think it is? I mean, I sincerely hope it's not that they're they're like not playing good defense with the Fairman. Yeah, I don't I mean I don't yeah, think that's yeah. the case. Uh, no, I know yeah, I feel yeah. you. I, yeah, I feel you. I like I I just I think teams yeah. come on together. Yeah, it's it's just I, I still haven't seen a ton where I'm like, is this really what was this really necessary? Yeah. Like to the yeah. extent that it improved us, if it did, was it and you know enough to ju- I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Um I mean I guess I guess in the end in the end, if, if you think it even improved this marginally, then that's all you need to justify because you want to be as good as you possibly can be. But um yeah, I, all I'm saying is he hasn't done a ton where I've been like, yes. yes, that's super impressive, and I'm really glad we made that switch. Yeah, it doesn't have the leadership that's on the field with Fairman, but I think it has been upgraded in the passing. It's been more comfortable when we're pressed back and we're trying to get out the get out the back and we pass to the goalie. I feel more confident. I also feel as, as at times Frazzle will take on that the attacker or try to do something stupid that he probably shouldn't, but he hasn't done it yet. Uh, but I feel more confident with him at the ball at his feet. But that's beside the point. Like you said, it's it's been very marginal, if anything else. So um yeah. Three a lot three games in a row now. We won uh Consecutive clean sheets. We're, we're humming and going. We, we got a, a stretch coming up here. Donovan Dresden coming up next Saturday, which we will do a live stream on. Um, followed up just uh, three days later against 1860 Munich in the DFB Pokal. Let's see what the lineup's going to be for that. 
Uh, and then Heidenheim uh, following up on Friday, just four days after that or three days after that. So uh, it's a nice little three-game stretcher in six games or six days, I should say. Um, and these teams are not bad. Like Dynamo Dresden, they're middle of the table. 1860, you know, it is what it, you can say what you want about them. Um, Heidenheim is not bad this year. And then Darmstadt's right after that. Darmstadt's, I think, six in the table this season. So they're, they're not to be scoffed at, really. Um, and don't forget our, our friends, Nuremberg, who are on the horizon as well. They actually have the best defense in the league, only seven goals allowed. Uh, so we're third best, I guess, defensively. But important three-game stretch with the English Volca, if you will, whatever you want to call it, the DFB Pokal. Um, I'm curious to see how it goes, but it's a, nice to have a three-game win streak for a change, Jack. Uh, I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting used to this Victory Monday thing. Yeah, I mean, as I said at the top of the podcast, and I've said repeatedly, it's just it's so refreshing. I'm still not the novelty of it has still hasn't worn off. Uh, you know, after the last couple of seasons, I still enjoy it every week, and it you know it makes <laughs> makes me appreciate it all the more. Um, yeah. yeah, but you know, <laughs> we're we're on a roll, and like yeah, these couple of games coming up against you know Dinamo Dresden and um, and Heidenheim, um, you know, dec- decent campaigns from both so far. But also, you know, on the balance in terms of our recent form, games I think we could probably get hopefully at least four points from you would imagine. Um, and I think we'd still be feeling relatively good about things if that was the case. So yeah, we'll see how it goes, especially as you said, with the, with the congested fixture schedule uh, with that deep, uh, deep people cow match in the middle of it, how much are we going to rotate the squad? Uh, but yeah, interesting stretch uh, on the horizon here. And I think I'm comfortable enough with a rotation that I think we have enough depth that we should be very competitive in that game. I think, uh, maybe the, the striker situation will be interesting to see. You imagine Perringer is going to be in the start in there, that one. But um, overall, I think depth-wise, I'm confident in what kind of rotation we're going to have and possibly seeing the return of Salisane or who knows who else. Um, are you confident with the depth if we do a heavy rotation in that game? Yeah, I mean, the, the point you brought up earlier, once again, like it's the issue up top. Like, who do you trust? Um to kind of put in the performances that, that Bolter and, and Torada have put in. But yeah, I mean, there's several, I mean, yeah, we'll see. You don't, you never want to take an opponent for granted in the DFP Pokal. Um, you don't want to like, you know, just assume that you can walk over 1860 yeah. meters yeah. or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it, uh, there, there are like positions like in the central midfield and we do have a little bit of depth at, you know, right and left back that you feel like you could see some rotation there at least. Um, oh. Interesting. I wonder if they flirt with the rotation or formation and change to like a four, two, three, one or something or, or three, two, Four one, leave Perringer up top by himself with maybe Mikhailov behind him, and then bring in people around him. Who knows? Lots of maybe come back if we were lucky. Yeah, I mean, uh, you'd expect to see Florian Flick probably in that yep. game. Maybe Becker. Um, yeah, it could be Becker as well. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, once again, uh, you, you, not that you necessarily think that be- center back is Timo Becker's best position, but another guy on top of Sane that in theory could slide in there if necessary. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's some versatility. Yeah. And you, um, I would imagine you see Fairman, but who knows? You never know with these things. So, yeah, that's uh, on the horizon there. So, um, yeah, anything else you want to chat about tonight before we wrap this up? No, about Schalke specifically. No, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased. We're on a little bit of a run here. Let's keep it going. Um, and, you know, if we do, if we do falter, let's get right back on it. Let's not get bogged down a little bit. Um, I've, you know, I've kept we, a blue we, screen, blue background uh, for the last three wins. So I'm keeping this right now. <laughs> keep the streak going. There you go. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, let's wrap this one up here. Um, obviously, a lot to get into next time we're on the podcast here, but uh, it'll be start of the three-game stretch in, in six days. But, yeah, uh, wrap this one up here. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you sign up for the Schalke US newsletter. 
Uh, not only get info on the club, but get all the latest from other local fan clubs across North America. So definitely give that a sign. Uh, email address and get monthly updates. So definitely check that out. Um, keep tuning in each week as we bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. Uh, we will bring you live streams when we can, when they fall on the weekend. Weekdays is a little difficult for our full-time jobs here, but definitely check those out. We also want to give a shout-out to – well, I want to give a shout-out to some other streamers, Cedric Zalmat, um, Koningsblau TV, and um, Schalker Botschaft. Definitely give all of them a follow on YouTube. Great live streams, if, especially if you learn understand German uh jack anybody you want to give a plug to uh this this weekend oh thank you for teeing that up for me so nicely uh the chicago sky WNBA champions uh gotta give a shout out to them uh you know uh been on a uh, been on a little bit of a drought of competitive teams ever since that uh that cubs world series win <laughs> um you know the bears are the bears and the bulls are kind of the bulls, the bulls. um hopefully for hoping for a resurgent bulls but really it's been honestly if we're being real it's been like the red stars and the chicago sky uh in recent seasons kind of carrying the flag for for chicago so um yeah shout out to them uh obviously candace parker hometown hero so to speak went to naperville central that's literally the town over for me i competed against mm. them when i was in high school athletics everything obviously nowhere i mean you the, play the women's basketball? Year, the, yeah, exactly. The, the <laughs> one, the one year of like of like BS tennis that I played in high school, that, <laughs> the extent of my high school athletics career. Um, but yeah, I mean, so just really great to see her get her. I think it's her second title now. Um, and, the, and to, to be able to kind of come to the Chicago back, come back to the Chicago area, um, and and bring this uh, organization a championship. That was that was pretty cool to see. Um, and uh, dude, some fucking sick jerseys, man. Really, yeah. really are, really are. I might have to, I might have to grab me one. We'll see. And uh, she went to the University of Tennessee, right? Yes. I believe. Yeah, yes. and uh, you know who else is in Tennessee? NBC4 Nashville. Giving them a shout-out, as always. Uh, that was a segue and a half, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm not Did even not know where you were that. going with that. I didn't even know until I said it, so uh, it worked out. It worked out this time. <laughs> uh thank you again to all our followers uh for, if you're listening to us on the podcast those who watch us on the live stream on youtube twitter facebook uh twitch as well and uh obviously it's facebook i think i mentioned Facebook. whatever <laughs> let's just wrap this bad boy up um you can follow me at r underscore k-h-a-r-m-a-n you can follow jack at a-j-m-m-angan that's the first time i ever said that j-m-angan j-m-m-a-n-g-a-n thank you see i'll leave it to the pros i'll leave it to the pros so as always, we will catch you on the next episode, my friends. And until then, look out.